This is an uncensored podcast about sex, sexuality, gender, and body stuff. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the person or persons sharing them. Some names have been changed to protect the anonymity of its participants. Hello, friends! It is I, Drew Michael, and this is Make Sex With Me, a podcast where I uh, occasionally have a guest on who uh, occasionally has something interesting and new to tell us. Uh, Not always the case. Sometimes I just have to find some raunchy shit off the internet to share with you. But can you imagine that this week we actually do have a special guest? And I met them. Out in the world. In the real world. They are super fucking rad. They are like a hippie surfer bitch. Fierce boss bitch. I don't know if they like to be called bitch. (laughs) But uh, I love the word bitch, okay? So I use it because I love it. If you don't love it, we'll find something else. Um, Just as a side note, I heard on the Instagrams uh, that it was like, someone was like, what is the uh, trashiest name you've ever heard? And this girl was like, I used to like work at a retail store and um, this woman came in with her a brand new little baby and said, oh, I need to find blah, blah, blah. And she said, oh, your baby's so cute. What's her name? And the woman said, Cuntly. Cuntly. So, you know, that's happening. Um, sorry, guys, I'm really sniffly. Fortunately, we recorded with uh, our guest previously, so you don't have to hear me sniffle through the whole episode. Uh, but anyway, I guess I should just, like, let you have it. Our guest today, uh, has had some experience being a dominatrix. And the minute I heard them say that, I was like, please be on my podcast. And they were like, yes. And I think they actually heard from our mutual friend that I had a podcast before, uh, they told me, and so, like, we both knew, and we were both, like, beating around the bush and being like, so, like, hey, like, <laughs> what's up, you know? And I think they totally wanted to be on the podcast, and I, like, totally wanted them to be, like, ha, blah, 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 blah. So, we did it. We finally made it happen. Um, we found time in our busy schedules uh, to record. And so, what you're going to hear now is that recording. You guys, before we get into it any deeper, please... Rate, review, subscribe. 
please. I'm begging you. Five stars. I need it. You could say three words. You could rate me and you could review me and say three things. It could be like, this podcast rules. That's three words. <clears throat> or this podcast butthole. That doesn't make sense, but I like it. Please, please, please. Um, just follow us, whatever. And I need to find a way. I need to find a way to find out how many listeners I have. And, like, I don't know how to find that out. See, I, I host through Spotify. And they really only want me to know how many listeners I have on Spotify. And I'm like... But it, apparently most of my listenership uh, is people listening on Apple Music. So I'm like, is that just me listening to my own podcast or what? What? All right, guys. Here is today's interview with our special guest, Dahlia. Hi, Dahlia. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Glad to be here. I feel like we have the same voice right now. Like, mine's a little lower. Mine's a little lower. Do, do, do I sound manly today? Ooh. Sorry, that's the I daddy. That's the daddy? I don't ever sound manly, so... I sound like a woman with a cold. And I sound like a prepubescent teenage boy, so... You know, we all got our um, struggles. It's okay. Yeah. The struggles are real. Um, so, yeah. we. I guess we can say we work together in the real world. Yeah, like IRL, real world. In real yeah. life. And we just kind of, like, noticed each other. And I just thought you looked pretty cool. I didn't know, like, we had so much in common, I guess, until we started, like, talking. No, me too. I genuinely, the reason why I approached you the first day, I was walking into work, obviously, and I was like, oh my god, it's all these older people, there's no one, like, cool vibes or whatever, and then I went up to the front, and I was like, I can, I can feel the gay, where is it coming from? And then yeah, I found you. Yeah, you could smell it. I could you smell it. it. My face were tingling, the queer senses. <laughs> yeah. I think that everyone smells a little gay when they walk into our lobby because it's I'm, I'm pretty gay. It might just like start spreading like a revolution, wildfire. I th- I wish that were true. <laughs> um I've been trying to make everyone's kids gay for like a really long time and it just hasn't really worked. They all seem gay until they hit puberty and then they just they're straight. You know it's crazy, but, like, I feel like people always are out here saying, like, oh, my God, the gays are going to make my kids gay, whatever. And it's like, I don't know how I ended up here, but uh, I'm pretty sure they had definitely had some influence from some other gays. <laughs> yeah. I, I grew up in the straightest fucking situation, so it's, like, a miracle that I'm this gay. Um I had, like, three brothers, and they all played sports, and, like, I had a dad who coached them, and, like, my mom would just, like, sit and read romance novels. But I guess I spent a lot of time with her, so it's her fault. It's definitely her fault. Plus, her uterus, like, attacked me, and it made me gay. Is that how that works? Yeah. 
I think so. There's a Harvard study about it. It's totally her fault. Um, what is going on? What's your decor in this room you're in? I love it. It's like coastal grandma. Coastal grandma? That's because we're in my sunroom right now. The decor is granny decor um, yeah. from my AD grandmother. She is a queen. Um, she traveled the world, got mm. her bag, you know, lived her life. So, oh, she's decorated. so she's, you guys get along really well? I would say that most of the time we get along really well, but I'm definitely the uh, black sheep of the family. Go figure, right? Um, yeah. As uh, the only queer person, um, also being non-binary and being under that trans umbrella was like a really big thing that definitely threw them for a loop. And I only came out maybe, it'd be now like a couple of years ago as non-binary. Um, so it was definitely news for them. And uh, so they don't love it, but they also, I feel like over time have just come to like, just either accept it or just be like, whatever. So, you know, we're neutral, I'd yeah. say at this front. It's confusing. I would say, like, if you had just come to them and said, like, I'm a lesbian, they probably would have been like, they would have taken some getting used to, but it would have, might have been easier. I think telling them gender is a thing. If you have a gender uh, fluidity or al something alternative with your gender, I think, like, that's really confusing for most people to understand if they haven't considered those things before, especially with their children. No, 100%. Um, I think also growing up in the South, like, people just really aren't as open to those things here, obviously. Um, I think that I find that since I've come out, a lot of people do definitely treat me differently. Um, if I go out of my way to make people wear my pronouns, typically it's like it goes one way or the other, you know. They either are like, oh, cool, and think nothing of it, or they immediately go, oh, you're like one of those or, oh, like, is this a tension thing? Or like, you know, they have some assumption or whatever, um, which mm. is, you know, I guess everyone can have their own opinions, but uh, it's definitely not something that I think I was initially like prepared for. Yeah. Do you ever, do you ever hear people say like things like, oh, but you're such a pretty girl. Like, why would you want to be gender queer? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh yeah. I get the, but you're so like pretty and feminine. Just because I'm gender fluid doesn't mean I can't be feminine. Yeah. Just because I'm queer doesn't mean I can't be feminine. I think people assume when you're like trans or not binary or some type of gender fluid or something in that realm, they just immediately assume like, I'm fully transitioning or like they take it to an extreme in their imagination where they just can't understand it yeah. at all because look at me. and I do look, I would say I'm pretty feminine presenting currently, but there's been times in the past where I haven't been, where I've had short hair and I've dressed more masculine and then people thought I was a lesbian and just assumed I was a lesbian. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's almost like getting a tattoo. It's like people are like, don't get a tattoo. You're so pretty. Like, you're just going to ruin your beautiful skin. And you're like, fuck you. Like, I, I have to get a tattoo. It's like in my soul. It's so funny you say that because, as you know, where we work, um, I've had at least three people tell me that I'm too pretty to be, quote unquote, defaming my body. 
I thought they went and pulled out a, a fucking thesaurus to figure out what that word meant. Defaming is a strong word. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Webster, my bad. <laughs> my bad. I'm, I'm sorry, Webster. Sorry, sorry. Like, shit. <laughs> they see one tattoo on me and they go, oh my god. The sin. I mean, you could have really gross tattoos. I think all your tattoos are pretty, like, like attractive looking. Like, they're good tattoos. Yeah, I think um, as an artist, I, you know, I went to school in kind of the art field, you know, graphic design, so forth. And uh, because I have that background, I was very particular with getting my tattoos as much as I wanted to be, like, all the alternative baddies that I watched growing up as, you know, a young, like, scene kid. I wanted to have so many tattoos, but I know for a fact now that I made a better decision, obviously, not rushing to get them because, yeah, some people have some pretty rough tattoos, but if you're happy with your art and your body, it's your body. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, you could have a tattoo of, like, somebody's face melting off of their skull, like, on your neck, but it's like... Oh, yeah. There's they act like tattoos. I have tattoos. Like, I'm sorry, let me get a teardrop. My bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know a girl that has that. She's a she's actually owns the yoga studio I teach at. And she also works at where we work. And um, she has little hearts on her face. But it's like a cute version of teardrops, I guess. The teardrops? I wonder yeah. how many people definitely go up to her and they're like, hey, what is that for? How many bodies you got racked up? Yeah. She goes, bodies? How many yeah, people How many kill. people did you wreck in Pilates yesterday? <laughs> <clears throat> That's what happened. It could be for all the dogs she's had that died, because she's had like a million pets. Um, I don't know what you're seeing on our screen, but I'm like loving that my lips right now are like the color of your hair. It's like making me feel really good about myself. You just got the lips you know well i think my lips are a little chapped but they look a little red they maybe look a little redder than usual you ro you rocking those dsls today period zsls the dsls oh dsls yeah i'm always trying to rock them just so people know that if you know they have a little bit of time they could stop by and i'll take care of them but yeah that doesn't no you gotta keep it on you it doesn't happen as much as I would like. I well, I just don't get a lot of offers. So my parents are going away for like most of February, and they go away a lot. They like travel a lot, and I live with them. Um, and I, every time they go away, I tell myself I'm gonna like hook up with somebody and like finally have someone over, and I fucking never do. So it's real. Depressing. Okay, what is stopping you though? Is it like the going and like talking to people or is it what is stopping me getting yourself like like what is what what is it do you think that's stopping you let's talk about it part of it is that like it's been a long time so a part of me is like maybe i should like think a little bit more thoroughly before i like just hook up with anybody but also like i think that like I, a part of me doesn't want to invite just anyone over to my parents' house, too. Like, if I lived in my own apartment, I'd be like, okay, let's do it. But this is, like, their house. Like, what if I invite, like, a psycho over and he remembers, like, where they live and then, 
he murders them. Are you into psychos? I occasionally, I like, will be like, that guy's really hot, but in a scary way. But I've never, no, I've never exactly dated. You mean like, you mean like scary and like, he'll choke me scary. And like, maybe, maybe, maybe gaslight me a little, but like, Um, it'll be good. It's fine. Or like, Jeffrey Dahmer was kind of hot. Like, oh, okay. So like, no manipulation, just straight up eats you. Yeah, I just, I I don't even know why I find people attractive. And I also, like, find most men attractive. So, that's a problem. Okay, okay, okay. You gotta have a type, though, right? Like, everyone's got preferences. That should narrow it down, right? I actually don't have a type. It's so bad. I will eat any kind of meat. Like, I just... I'm not very picky. I I even like ugly guys sometimes. Like, I'll be like... Ooh, that guy's kind of ugly. I like it. Honestly, I can't. I can't relate to that because, like, there's like a part of my brain where, like, I remember that men, in general, are typically just like fucking shitty to begin with. But then, yeah. if they're also fucking beat on top of that, I'm like, now you're a man and you're ugly. That's two strikes. One more, you're out. <laughs> Um, so are, are you, like, from here? I can't remember. Where are you from? So, I was born here, but, um, I guess you could kind of say I've been all over the place. I've moved all my life. I grew up around Florida, um, for a good bit. Surfed down there, swam, um, most of my life. I lived in Cali. I've lived in New York, Texas. I've kind of been all over. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I'm definitely a southern, southern bitch, I'd like to say. What's your favorite place that you've lived? Out of where I've lived, I think quality of life-wise, probably Florida. Experiences-wise, probably California, just because there is so much opportunity and so many things to do out there. But would I live out there again? Probably not, just because it's so outrageous to live there now. Mm -hmm. I think when I lived there, I was still going around with my dead name and going around with like a whole different just vibe in general and I don't think I would really fit in certain places now that I would have like when I lived in those places it just you know it doesn't really fit who I am now I'd say well it must be like really hard like when you go to a place like that where you were a certain way and you try to go back and like what is that like like what's it like to be like misgendered or like to have to like explain to people from your past that like well actually like I use these pronouns now or what's that like for you someone who's non-binary I can't obviously speak for everyone who falls under that but I personally don't get super offended if people necessarily like accidentally misgender me or whatever. Um, or if they use my dead name, it doesn't kill me inside. Obviously I have preferences and I do feel a lot of like euphoria when people go out of their way to use they them pronouns or, you know, go out of their way to make effort like that. Um, for sure. I think it would make anybody feel good if people tried, you know, but I think that's the thing. I think a lot of people think you have to get it right, right away. You know, people that aren't used to using those pronouns or used to really 
addressing someone who is more gender fluid. Um, but like most of us, I feel like don't really care that much as long as you try as the effort. Like, I'm not going to stick out if you start using feminine pronouns for me. Obviously, I have a preference, but like it doesn't bother. Um, but everyone's different. I can't speak for everyone. I only have one friend. So I have this one friend who has a ton of queer friends. And if you tell her what your desired pronouns are, she will never misgender you again. Like she will never, she will say it right every single time without mistake. It's insane. Um, like I don't even fucking do it hundred percent right all the time with people. Um, but I told her once that I was down for whatever pronouns. And like, I was like, I guess it would be cool if people use they, them, but like, nobody I don't expect anyone to and so then like she started using they them and when she refers to me as they considering she's like the only one that does it I feel like a fucking like celebrity like I feel like uh Mariah Carey in like my dressing room she's talking about you in like the third third person no I just feel I just feel like I'm I'm getting such special treatment to like be using to be to finally have someone use a, a pronoun that I requested, you know? Yeah, no, it definitely, I feel like even queer people do. It does make you feel like I said that euphoria. You do feel kind of special when people go their way to like get it right or at least try to, um, mm. which is something I feel like I was even ignorant to in understanding that like before I came out because I didn't really understand it. And I think a lot of people, that's why it's hard for them to kind of grasp when they're outside of that community. Um, it's definitely a little more easy, I feel like, if you're part of the LGBTQ or some type of queer. Um, but it's, you know, it's not something people are used to. And although, you know, a lot of the queer community is being more accepted now because it's 2024, like about time, uh, trans people definitely aren't still as accepted I feel like as other people you know unfortunately as sad as that is but I'm happy to see that there's more and more people that are starting to you know at least like try to understand like I think that's the biggest thing is trying to understand and trying to just give them the chance to like kind of present as who they want to be because nobody wants to hide you know, themselves. I think that's what I felt like I was doing. You know, I went out of my way to be so feminine all the time. And I was always trying to dress a certain way and be a certain thing. And then I realized that like, I didn't have to be like that. I didn't have to pretend to be something I wasn't because it's still me. People still love me for me. It's just now I'm able to be all of myself. I encounter people all the time who I just feel like are just so trapped in their, what they're supposed to be. And I just think like, oh, I'm so glad that I don't have to worry about that dumb shit. Like, they're like, I can't do this because of what my parents would think, or I can't, you know, love this person because of what my church would say. And it's just like, God, I'm so free. I don't have to worry about any of that. It's really nice. It it feels really good. It does. As someone who was raised, like, I was raised pretty uh, heavily Christian. Um, and I was raised in a pretty, honestly, like, cult-like environment. I Mm. would, where, you know, being queer was not accepted whatsoever. And uh, being anything other than the stereotypical good old Southern Belle was not a thing. So it definitely took me a while to get to the point where I was, you know, able to accept, I think, 
it just myself, let alone others accepting it. You know, I definitely lost a lot of people when I came out the first time um, is by and came out. But it was the best choice I could have made. And when I came out as non-binary, it felt like I finally had figured all those questions in my head. Because I think when you are questioning your sexuality or your gender or anything of that sort, you start feeling a little crazy. Because you're like, am I supposed to be feeling this way? Is what I'm feeling valid? Am I overthinking it? You know? Um, And, like, that biggest part is, like, accepting it fully yourself. Because it is a little weird when you're trying to figure yourself out. I think everyone's always still learning about themselves and, like, God, if I would have told you five years ago that I was going to come out as non-binary and be bisexual or whatever, I probably wouldn't have believed you because I definitely thought I was a straight cis woman. (laughs) Five years ago, you thought that? I would say about that. Like, I think I started questioning around, like, 18, Mm. 17. I started questioning maybe five or six years ago I started questioning a lot of things I was sitting there and I was like why do all these people always want to hang out with boys and I always questioned why I like wasn't super interested in talking to boys like I'm bi but I you know definitely was looking at girls more and I was definitely like there was just things I started picking up on that I was like, okay, this can't be a coincidence because I don't see any straight girls looking at these women the way I am. Yeah. Like, I really felt no better than a man at first. I would break my neck to look at these girls. Yeah. Like, they, how could I not? They're beautiful. And then I realized, <laughs> oh, that was not very straight of me. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I, I guess I guess that wasn't very straight of me. That wasn't very cis girly pops of me. Do you think that you're? Do you tend to be more attracted to women or men, or do you like? Are you attracted to trans people? Like, even though I I go by bi, I'm definitely more. I would say even pan leaning at this point. But I don't feel like I need to come out. Like bi is good enough. It doesn't matter at this point. I've come out plenty of times who I like and who I love and who I'm attracted to is what it is. Um, mm. I don't think I really have a preference on gender, but I have preferences. I feel like in relationships, I've noticed that things I like more about each gender for certain reasons, if that makes sense. Like with women, I find that I can just like, they're able to emotionally connect with you and communicate way better than a man, way better. Um, I find that intimacy with a woman, like not, not even the type of intimacy you may think initially like sex or whatever, just like the little things, intimate moments are way more special to a woman than it would be to a man. Most of the time, most of my experiences, like they just tend to appreciate those little things a little bit more. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that every man obviously is like that. Cause it's not all men. I know. I know. But I definitely, in my own personal experiences, like, I definitely enjoy the process of getting to know someone more with a woman than I do a man, because I feel like I'm living Groundhog Day when I talk to a man most of the time. They're beautiful. I think men are sexy still. Like, there are things about men that I really adore. God, Pedro Pascal is walking the streets, you know? Oh, where? Where is he? Where? 
father, daddy. Oh, daddy. <laughs> daddy. Um, so, you know, like, I'm definitely not just straight like a lesbian, but I also am definitely open to dating other trans people, gender yeah. fluid people. I don't think I'd really care. Um, it's all based upon, like, not only physical attraction. Like, that definitely matters. People that say that it doesn't. I feel like they're lying. Like, let's stop that shit where they're like, oh, it's all personality. Like, yes, personality is so fucking important. But let's just talk about how if they, you're not attracted to them otherwise, how is that going to work? Yeah. Like, long yeah. term, you gotta, you gotta look at the person that you're with and you gotta just look at them like, mm. like, I'm not, I'm not out here. To wake up next to Sid the Sloth. <laughs> this is not Ice Age. Get that caveman out of my bed. Ooh, get that caveman into my bed. <laughs> I want a caveman. <laughs> I almost told someone today at work that I wanted a mustache ride. Not the mustache ride. Stop. I love mustaches. I love okay. Them. Mustaches only work on certain types of people, though. Yeah. Like, not everyone can pull off the porn stash. Not everyone can pull it off. It starts looking weird on certain people. But if you have but that some face... some people look real good. Yeah. No, they look real, real good. And you're like, damn. I don't want you to ever take that off your face because you may become a four after that stash is gone. But with that stash... Ooh, that's what I'm always scared of. You imagine you get with somebody and you marry them or whatever, and then one day they shave their facial hair off and they're ugly underneath? Oh, God. You have to know before you marry. You have to know what the face looks like. You got to. I, you got to. That's crazy. That's yeah. absolutely wild. Like, there's some people, they shave off their facial hair. That's not even the same person. They talk about women catfishing. Let's talk about y'all. Because <laughs> then even if he that grows it back, beard. you're like, you're like, that scary face is just hiding under there. Yeah, I would never recover. You've been <laughs> hiding. It's like wearing a mask the whole time. It's like the COVID oh. fishing. Oh, my God. Did you ever see people at masks and you were like, wow, they're attractive because you made eye contact with them and like their eyes were pretty or like, yeah. you know, their hair was nice, but you couldn't see the rest of their face. Oh and then God. it was like everyone started taking off their masks and I started seeing people without them. And I was like, why did I think you were so attractive before? The mask. They, that these people. Pack. Yeah. They had like busted mouths, busted teeth. Their noses were like huge. It was a way. I did not think your nose was that big. We, because we, we constructed their faces in our minds. Yes. Yes. You just kind of filled in the blank of where the mask was. And you're like, oh, that's definitely how they look. And then they took the mask off. And you're like, oh my God, that's not even the same oh fucking person. Yeah. It was like way too much. It was like drinking a wine that you thought was going to be like really soft and nice. And then it was like Chardonnay. And you were like, oh, my God. Honestly, it's giving, like, meeting the troll under the bridge. <laughs> it is very much troll under bridging. It's straight yeah. up trolling. It's the new definition of trolling. 
Speaking of catfish, what about the people that legitimately go and get like whole new fucking faces, right? Like, have you seen those transformations where like they were probably, I hate, I hate ranking people, but like just for the sake of the, the explanation, they're, they're like a four. Let's just say they're like average four or five. Like they're not super sexy, super fine, but like they're okay. They're just your average Joe, right? They go get their face redone and they're a whole, like whole new face. Who is that? Yeah. Like, do you ever look at those old pictures of celebrities and like, look at them? Like, obviously people glow up, they go through puberty, whatever. But some of these celebrities, like they don't even look like the same person now. Yeah. Especially if they're Nepo babies and they like, well, they were teens and they were kind of in the spotlight, but they were cute. But then they wanted to become like a superstar, like all the Kardashians. Yeah. Um, all of those bitches. Well, it's crazy because they're not much older than I am. They're youngest ones in the, like the, the generous. They're, oh, they're not my. much older than I am, but they look like grown ass women because of all yeah. the work they've had done. Yeah. And it's crazy. Have you seen that- the, have you seen Trump's lawyer, the woman who's representing Trump? Yes. Her, she got a lot of work done. She doesn't look anything like the woman she would look like when she became became a lawyer. Like, it's insane. That's that lawyer money. They say money doesn't buy happiness, but it sure can make you look better. But also, it's almost like, do you think... I think the big question on everyone's mind is, do you think that Trump would have hired her if she looked the way she used to look? Because he does not employ, like, women who aren't, like sculpted gorgeous women oh a hundred percent not i don't think he even would have looked at her because there's plenty of intelligent beautiful women that work in that field i mean you you have to be a confident strong woman to work in that field Hmm. if it was her it would have been some other woman who already had that stuff but you know there's a good chance that she knew that you know? Yeah. She probably wanted to, like, handle high-profile clientele, and she knew she had to glow the fuck up. Yeah, and that lawyer money, that makes you that makes you good money, so... I need to glow the fuck up a little bit. I just need, like, a little, like, a little glow. You just need to go get your heart broken. Everyone knows that, uh, when you get your feelings hurt, you become sexier. I become sluttier, for sure, when I get my heart broken, and then I get one or two STIs. Let's stop being so negative about being slutty. You can be slutty and not be like a straight up W word. You know what I mean? There's like slutty and then there's being like a receptacle for cum. And I think that's what I become when I get my heart broken. I just lay, I'm a, I'm a dumpster for cum. Is it like cum guzzler or like it like 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 what level are we at like are we at like reserve guzzler like if it's like if it's that little thing that you know that little tube that old people put outside to 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 tell how much rain fell it's like to the top it's like overflowing mountain lava come oh oh yeah there's so much other about one time I had so much of other people's come on me after this party that um, I didn't, I didn't even know how many, like, 
comes were on me. Like I, it was at least four different comes. What is what is the plural for come? Comes. Is it, <laughs> I, I don't think that's a word, but like I would cummies, like to think cummies. We made a thing. Cummies, cummies, I'm, cummies. I'm co- you have to say it like this. You have to say I'm covered in cummies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> started picturing an uwu bitch voice too. Oh my god! Yeah. I'm covered in cummies. I'm covered in commies. I'm covered in commies. I have been, like, observing, because I, I help teach children's theater, and every once in a while you come across a kid who can't say their R's, and it's so interesting. It's just so interesting. That was a weird segue, but we had this little girl who was, like, 12, and she couldn't she couldn't say her R's. And I was just like, oh, honey. <laughs> Oh, honey. Well, you say your R's wonderfully. Period. They had to make up for the rest of the speech impediments. So, you know, they had to give me something. If I couldn't fucking say S's and R's, we would have been fucked. Fifty shades of fucked up. You can say S's. They're just a little sibilant. It's okay. Um, it, makes you, it makes you extra queer. It adds to the gay. Oh, my God. Um... I was going to say the only downside of a speech impediment, which I have lived with most of my life, almost all my life. Um, I got it actually from a really bad concussion I had because, uh, <gasps> yeah, some kid tried to drop the smoke on me. I put up a fight, but I got a concussion in the end, right? Shit. I was like in fourth grade. Shit was crazy. Ended up with the lisp. Um, the only downside is let's just talk about the weird fucking fetish that has developed over speech impediments. That is my biggest thing as a adult now that I find that people will compliment me. Like I've been on dates before and I've gone out with men and I swear to God, one of the first compliments they give me is, oh my God, your lisp is so cute. It's so sexy. Like I really like it. What? Why are you <laughs> on by my lisp? Like, I'm sorry. Well, Excuse it's- me. It's very individual. Indi- I just said individual. <laughs> I'm gi- I'm giving you a speech impediment. I'm sorry. It's, it's, <laughs> it's contagious. He said individual. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's okay, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's very individual. It's like it's your thing, and that I think people like that. It's like your flavor. Yeah. There's a right and wrong way to go about like being like, oh, I like the way you talk, you know, and not saying, mm. oh my god, you're lisp though, like ah, like like they is really that, do get geeked over it. They really is, do. Is that like first date conversation? They like in the first like oh, twenty minutes. I've had this on a first date, like mm. first date conversation, which I'm a I'm a pretty open person. I would say immensely open compared to a lot of people that I've met, especially being in South Kakalaki, like people are very walled off. Don't really, you know, express themselves a lot here. I feel like just because right. of how conservative it is, how people are kind of stuck up like that. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind, like on a first date, I can almost talk about anything, whatever you feel comfortable talking about. I'm more than likely comfortable talking about but this will get brought up, like, it's not like I bring up this topic. This is solely brought up randomly by the man or the... I've never had a woman do it. This is only men. I should clarify. I've never been on a date with a woman and had them bring up my speech impediment. I'm just going to say. 
Well, they're not assholes in most cases. I also think they just don't over-sexualize things that don't need to be over-sexualized either. Uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, there are plenty of yeah. things um, that are sexy that you could bring up that would be way less uncomfortable than hearing, oh, your lisp. Like, like, what is it? I want to know. That's why the people need to answer this. What is it? What What is the fetish? What is it? As someone who has been around the SW community, I, to this day, have not found anyone who can answer that for me. What, what, what is the appeal of a speech impediment? Like, they specifically like that I have it. And, like, I would get if it was just, you know, like you said, like, oh, like, it's different. Like, I like the way you sound, like, you know, you've got your own individual thing, right? The way you said it was a great way to kind of, like, get that across, right? But that's never how it goes. And this isn't, like, a one thing. Like, this has happened at least a handful of times. Yeah. I don't know. Like, if, if I met a guy with a speech impediment, I'd probably think it was, like, really cute. And I, and I don't know why, like, I think I like things that are quirky about people, but I also like things that like, like, let's say it was just like a guy who was like a fucking 10 and he had a little like, li- like speech impediment. I'd be like, Ooh, that's nice. It's like a 10 with something quirky. It's not just like, you know, like if I was with somebody who like was 10 all across the boards, I might feel like, I don't know. Like, there's nothing about them that I can relate to. I don't ever feel like a 10, so I need something that's, like, evens the playing field a little bit. Like, if they had a weird scar, or, like, if they um, had been, I was going to say, molested. That's not not necessary. Um, Just something. (laughs) Something that evens evens the playing field. I, I totally understand. I'm just still I'm geeking at the first, the the first little bit of that. What did <laughs> oh I? Oh my say? goodness! No, I get I get where you're coming from though. A hundred percent. They need to have something that they. I feel like what you're trying to get across is um, if they haven't been through anything or experienced anything, or they have that kind of part of them where, mm-hmm. you know, it makes them them, you know? Because I feel like a lot of people you meet try to, like, fit a mold. Like, they got to have something about them that makes them a little bit different from other people I encounter. Yeah. And so, like, I, I get that. I think that comes from, though, I feel like I get a lot of attention from people just in general so I'm usually attracted to people that like don't fit that stereotypical mold mm. of the usual crowd of people that typically try to, you know, approach me or give me attention of sorts. Like I definitely always end up talking to someone who is hundred percent, like not at all what people were expecting. Like, you know, they see like these normal little frat boys come up to me and like all of these you know, like the, uh, what are the boat shoes? The Sperry's? Like the oh, Sperry wearing Sperry's. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, the only demons those boys are fighting is bisexuality. But anyways, um, I just can't, I can't do that. Like, I want to be like, look, 
I want a dominatrix moment where I just like spank white guys with Sperry's. I just like they they're <laughs> bare ass and I just spank them with their own boat shoes. Honestly, I know there's someone out there that's into that. I used to when I was obviously um back in the day I was a dominatrix and uh there's a lot of kinks and fetishes and things people will kind of openly admit to you because like in that role they're coming to you because somebody else in their personal life can't provide that mm-hmm. or they don't feel comfortable enough to show that side to IRL world or whatever it may be you know because it's stigmatized whatever so you get to see all life and all different people um from you know bougie lawyers that have wives and kids and so forth and they've got this little funny little fetish where they like to get, you know, absolutely dominated by getting, you know, beat over the ass or stepped on or, you know, having their balls crushed or whatever. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Cock and ball torture. These men literally want to lose the ability to reproduce. I swear to God. There's some that legitimately, like, they'll they'll bruise up their balls and shit. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, like full swollen fucking grapefruits. And they oh. love that. Oh, yeah. They love that. That shit. is so interesting. I would never. <laughs> and it's always the most put together people, too. 99% of the time. It's like that man you see walking down the street who is always in a suit. The most unsuspecting people that mm-hmm. would approach me and would want me to do like sessions with them where you know we go on facetime and i sit there and i tell them how fucking pathetic and little they are and how you know um they're just you know pieces of shit whatever they whatever they really maybe they want to get degraded yeah be told how a pathetic little whore they are or whatever maybe they want their you know dick called small their little shrimp dick their tic-tac dick whatever it is <laughs> oh yeah Oh yeah, that used to be a go-to tic-tac dick. Take you, take your fucking tic-tac dick and shove it up your ass, shit like that. You know they oh wanted. I love that. Oh yeah, they wanted it super spicy. And then you look at these men because I got to, you know, they send you pictures. They would show you what they look like. Most of these these men, women, whatever. I would get to know a lot about them, where they, you know, live, what their lives are, what their jobs are. Like they get really comfortable with you, so they confide in you. And that's, like, a big thing, though, is definitely that, like, trust between, you know, dom-sub kind of relationship that's really important. But you will encounter the most crazy people. Like, I used to have people that legitimately would, because I was, quote-unquote, petite, they loved the idea of just a small bitch, you know, fucking their shit up. They, They wanted daddy to go to town, and they would call me daddy. Like, grown-ass men calling me daddy. Oh, wow. Oh, crazy shit. Oh, yeah. Do you think they were, like, a man wanting a woman to act like a man or something? Honestly, in my I think some of them, a lot of them, like, that are in high kind of intensity work environments or high stress in, like, their regular life, it's a way for them to go into subspace and like disconnect from that, you know, 
Um, cause subspace is a really vulnerable space. And I think a lot of them, it was like, they, you know, live this perfect clean cut life. So they liked the fact that they could give up control. You know, they wanted yeah. to give up control. They didn't want to have make choices for themselves. They wanted to be told what to do. And a lot of them, their wives aren't willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Like they can't go to the, you know, woman they've been married to for the past 20 years and be like, Hey, so I like being totally degraded, kicked in the balls and whatever. I know we've been doing this vanilla shit for the past 20 years. And like, we've had four kids and whatever, but now I'm going to let you know that I actually like having my balls stepped on and I like having my, you know, neck fucking strangled and I want you to keep me in a cage and piss on me. Like, you know, you can't just like tell your wife for 20 years that. So a lot of them just keep that secret to the fucking grave. Yeah. You have some that they would legitimately allow their man to do this, which I'm going to tell you right now, even though it's dominatrix, ain't no way if I had a man, he's going to spend his money with a dominatrix. That ain't my man no more. Sorry. You think, why, why do you feel that way? You're just, in, in your real life, you're, like, more monogamous with your relationships? Um, no. If if there were kinks and stuff that my partner was interested in, as long as it was something that didn't, like, cross a boundary of mine, I'd be more than willing to participate in that. To but provide it and that being said, I don't yeah. see a reason why they would have to go outside and seek any of that. Okay. Well, they'd you know, be lucky you know to I mean? have a partner that was willing to do, like, all sorts of stuff with them like that. I mean, I feel like, you know, when you're with someone, it should be because you unconditionally love them. So, in mm -hmm. that sense, why would I... I mean, unless it's something I just can't see myself doing. Like, obviously, if it's, like, a hard boundary, a hard, hard no, that may be one thing. But I'm pretty open. I think there's a lot of things I'd be willing to do as long as I loved and cared for that person, you know, like if that's my person, I'm not going to judge you for being into some things like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I would feel more annoyed that they tried to go outside to get that, you know, craving satisfied, I guess, because if I can do it, why would you go somewhere else? I get why a lot of these people can't do that, mm -hmm. but it's my own position. Like I've been a dom. There isn't anything that you could tell me that I'd be like, oh my God, ill. You know what I mean? Were you, so do, you were only, when you did sex work, you were only more in the dominant role. Did you ever do any like submissive stuff? I honestly, ironically, I feel like in my work, I was always immensely dominant, but I do have the potential to switch. I just don't think that when it came to like sex work, I really felt comfortable doing that. Mm -hmm. Like with a partner that might be totally different. Um, I can be more submissive, but I just personally on that end of sex work, like it's not really my thing. It's not really what I'm into. I think I really enjoyed being a dom because as someone who's femme presenting, even though I'm non-binary, I feel like not necessarily as much with female partners, but male partners, they typically, like, they expect you to be submissive, you know? There's very, you don't encounter a lot of men that are willing to sit there and, like, let you be dominant to the full extent that I could when I was a dom. Like, dom, I have full control. That's, like, the whole other yeah. side of the spectrum. So, 
I feel like I never really felt the need to be submissive in my sex work just because I got plenty of that IRL. Um, but I will say doing dom work definitely made me more dominant even in my own like sex life and everything. Like I started noticing that I was trying to do things that like I typically probably wouldn't have done years ago. Like, you know, when you're like on top of someone and you go down to choke them, like I was choking grown ass men. Like I would just go for it. Like they, they, they would go to grab my throat and I would just be like, Mm-mm, no. And so this grown, grown ass men are getting choked out by this little bitch. And every time I started like thinking more and more about it. And I was like, you know, that's not something I would have done a couple years ago. <laughs> but I don't think I had the confidence. I don't think I had the confidence back then. Like the confidence came. And now that I've been in a dominant role in, you know, sex work, I found that it just like subconsciously, that was like a change I noticed. So I don't even think in general, I'm as submissive as I used to be either in that sense. Yeah. Um, not, that, but I'm definitely less than I used to be. Like I would not be able to be with the partners and people that I was two, three years ago because they would not work with how I am now. Like it would just it would not work our preferences and everything don't line up anymore but i feel like that's just growth and change you know like, you're bringing everyone you're now bringing more of that dom dominant energy to your personal sexual relationships in, in irl oh yeah definitely no i definitely i definitely have caught myself doing some things where i was like <laughs> okay daddy slow down dahlia what are you doing <laughs> Like I get, I, and then obviously, as you know, because we work together, I hit the gym. Like I am such a gym bitch. I love the gym. Um, I absolutely like can't go without it at this point, but because of that, I feel like as I've gotten stronger, like I'm starting to overpower some of these people that I've been with, you know, in the past like year or whatever. Um, I say some people, like it was a lot, it's like one person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm out here like these people, one person that held me up for four months because I can only pay attention to one at a time. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely like caught myself just because I had a long-term relationship of three and a half years and like we broke up you know, three and a half years in, and then I didn't have any partners for a while. And then I started going back out there because I love hurting myself in, in the real world. We love sending ourselves back into the fight, the good old fight. I decided to go out and start dating and whatever, as you do eventually after you break up with someone. And, you know, I started hanging out with people, doing things, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. And then I started realizing, I was like, oh man, like, I legitimately started, like, pinning people down, and, like, I've been choking them, and I've been, like, like, I spit in, the last dude I was talking to, I spit in his mouth when we were at the bar. I took a shot and spit it into his mouth. I grabbed him by the chin, and I said, open, and spit it in his mouth, and I looked at him with what you would have thought was the most evil, happy smile you've ever fucking seen, and <laughs> he let me. 
He let me. I grabbed him by the chin the first night we ever went out to. That's how I knew I was fucking done for. Because I was so bold the first night I met him. I spit in his mouth. And After I kissed his girl's best friend. Did this guy like it? <laughs> oh, he loved it. Oh my god. Uh, the reason I feel like we talked as long as we did is because he had never experienced that type of shit in his life. I was something new and different and uh whatever. Granted Wait, You said you kissed his girlfriend? Uh not his literal girl girlfriend. Oh. Yeah, two separate words, not one. <laughs> okay, um, so yeah, I you have like a freeway with these people. <laughs> no, no, but he thought I was a straight lesbian until um he oh. realized after his mouth that I was not. And oh. I thought it was funny because I don't know, and I'm gonna sound stupid saying this, but like I don't think that you can be a lesbian and be non binary because lesbians are usually women. Um yeah, I don't know. Like it. The Can you? I don't know. Sexuality gets foggy when you start to say that you're not a gender. It's like exactly, exactly. So hmm. that's why bi just kind of makes more sense. I feel like because I'm not even a woman, so I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> but uh, that's like I thought that was funny. Um, mm -hmm. long story short, it worked. Whatever Riz that was, it fucking worked. But. I legitimately, until, like, I'd say this year, I never thought I was like that. And now I can't look at anything the same. Like, I look at male partners, and if you're too, like, one way or the other, I start thinking about, like, all my experience in doming and everything and, like, what I've seen in the sex work industry and so forth. And I'm like, I can spot kinks that they don't even know about. Yeah. Like... Like, I legitimately have been walking outside, and I can never look at people the same. If you're ever walking barefoot, like at the beach or the pool, just start looking at people and see if they look at your face or your feet first. Oh. Found that will look at your feet first if you're wearing, like, if you're barefoot or wearing sandals or whatever, right? Yeah. They will look at your feet first. Most of those people, if not all of them, have foot fetishes. <gasps> That's how you can spot a foot freak from a mile away. They will look at your feet before your face. I love They're checking that. out the dogs to see what you're working with before they even look at your face. <laughs> that is so interesting. I always look right at the crotch. Good choice. But what if it's Good like, you know, catfish dick? Right? Right? Like catfish dick Cat. where like it looks big, <laughs> like they're bulging in their pants and then you take it out and it's actually like a little floppy. Yeah, well, I've seen that. I also have, like, met guys with big dicks who just, like, can't really get fully hard because they're, like, in their 60s. And you're like, okay, so I guess we're just going to play with it. I think I'm permanently ruined from this one, one long-term boyfriend I had. He was very blessed, obviously. But now when I, like, even years later, now when I sleep with other people, I'm always like... It's just not that big. <laughs> it's just not yeah. that big. Like, once you've had someone who just has it like that, and, like, he wasn't, like, we're not talking OG Mudbone, like, fucking 15-inch dick or anything, or 12-inch dick <laughs> or whatever. It's not that big. Right. But, like, 
very well above average, very much so, like nearly double digits. Like he was a big boy. Mm-hmm. And I dated him for three and a half years, thinking nothing of it. And then I went to dating people again. And obviously, you know, has some that I ended up hooking up with. It didn't end up working out. We didn't end up dating, whatever. And you move on to the next one. You figure things out. Dating's weird. Everyone knows that. And yeah. I literally, like, would go and, like, go to do things with these people. And then they, like, take their pants off. And I'm like, oh. And, like, you don't realize how small someone is until you've seen something twice the size. Well, do you remember liking your ex-boyfriend's dick, like, from day one? Like, it was just like, yes! Uh, it was, like, magic. Magic <laughs> dick. That like unicorn man, I porn. I tell him he had that fucking magic dick. I cannot explain to you how fucking crazy it was. Like, the first time I slept with that man... I was like, you're stuck with me. I can't leave. The dick, like, all self-respect out the window, the dick was too good to leave. That's why it yeah. lasted three and a half years. The dick was too good to leave. He had me locked yeah. in. It was crazy. Yeah. And it like almost like I like psychologically manipulated me into staying longer than I should have because I legitimately was like, well, what if I'm never, like, that compatible with someone again? Like, in the bedroom and whatever. Because I, that's important to me. Like, I like being intimate with my partners. Like, if I'm really in love with you, I want to fuck all the time. Like, I am such a slut for someone I love. I'm not a slut for everyone. But if I love you, oh, my God. Like, I want to take it out every day. I'm going to (laughs) wake you up. Like, I'm trying to take that shit out all the fucking time. And it's it's not a problem because, like, you know, you love who you love. But, like, yeah. oh, man. I get a little saucy. I get a little it's, saucy. It's so hard. Like, I know you're not the first person I've heard, especially women who, like, they have been either with a man for so long or they, like, were with a man for so long because the dick was just perfect. And then it just takes forever to find some good dick again. And it's not like that is number one. Um, the last person I was talking to, I genuinely loved and cared for just for the sheer fact that like our personalities and what we were into were very similar and we aligned very well in a lot of areas, but the dick was not amazing. Mm-hmm. And I passed that because obviously I loved that person anyways. Like it didn't matter. That man busted in under a minute the first time I slept with him. And I stuck around. So if that doesn't tell you that love conquers all, I don't know what does. But to this day, he still was nowhere near as good as that one man I dated for three and a half years. And, like, if he listened to this podcast, I guarantee you he loves podcasts. I guarantee you if I told him that I was on this ship and he listened to this, he would be like, yeah, he could confirm it. I straight up... the fucking first time I slept with him I was like you're so with me like I was trapped I didn't think I was ever getting out of there (laughs) we were in the trenches okay and like we were so toxic too like it was not a healthy relationship whatsoever like most of our issues were resolved by you know getting down to it we would get in fights and we would just like hate fuck each other like, it was not healthy whatsoever. So I'd never want that again, no matter how good the dick is. Because reality is, is that I was 
staying with that person just because like I didn't feel like I could do shit on my own. Like I was too codependent. And I don't think I'd ever really had like a proper relationship before that. So I didn't have anything to base it upon. So I thought all this shit was normal. Like I was like, oh, well, like, you know, you're not going to always love that person like all the time. You're not going to always feel for that person the same way all the time. But then I started realizing when I started looking at other people and stuff towards the end of our relationship that that wasn't the case, that I just no longer liked him, but I was staying because I thought that was, like, the best I could do. Yeah. It's hard. But I feel like that a lot of feminine people, femme-presenting people, like, deal with specifically, or people that are, like, I would say, like, female-presenting more specifically, is, like, you typically end up in these relationships where, like, you get so used to being with that person that, like, you don't know what it's like without them. Not that the relationship is good, not that you want to be with them, but you just kind of stay because you thought that's, you know, the best you can fucking do. Yeah. Um, How often do you have relationships with women? Or have you? Uh, I've dated three women. Not as many men as I've, I've dated, but that's because it took me a while to come out as bi. I didn't know. So I didn't date women until later in life. Mm. Um, there is one girl to this day, and we'll just call her Jessica for the sake of okay. anima- uh, anonymity. Um, but it to this day, I think I will always think about her. Um, she was like my first gay love, Aww. honestly. Oh yeah, I adored her. Um, she is absolutely one of the sweetest souls on this planet. And we don't speak anymore, but I wouldn't say that it ended on bad terms. We just were very young and we went separate places and just like, you know, fell off, which happens. But the time we spent together was absolutely just amazing. Honestly, like I can't say anything bad about the last woman I talked to genuinely. And I hope if she ever hears this, that she knows, I hope she's doing fucking amazing because she is an amazing person. Um, I think that's another thing. People think like you have to hate your ex-partners. Like I have people that to this day, I will always have love for them in some form. Maybe I'm not in love with them anymore. And maybe we're not together, but I still care. And I hope you're doing well. And I would never want anything to happen to you, you know? Yeah. I think that's so good. I think that's a sign of maturity too. If you can like be friends with your exes afterwards and, or at least just be on good terms. There is a limit to that, of course. Like, I don't know, depending on the circumstances, if you should be friends with ex always, because future partners, they may not be comfortable with that. Um, I think it just really depends on how you ended and how long you were together. Like, her and I were not together very long. And we started as friends, we ended as friends. And... I feel like in the queer community, it's a little different. Like, a lot of people stay friends with their exes just because, like, a lot of times I feel like queer relationships move so quick that you don't even really end up staying together that long. Yeah. For it to even be, like, a huge, huge deal. But I think queer people are also better understanding that sometimes, like, what you think you want at one point is not necessarily what you actually wanted either. 
because we're we're so used to figuring out ourselves and like the constant changing dysphoria and so forth, right? Yeah. And yeah, we're not we're not always tied to like traditional values necessarily. Exactly. Like there's definitely different values I feel like that come up being a queer person that even like before I came out, I don't think I aligned with then. But now I do because I've experienced it as a queer person, you know. Right. Do you do any any kind of dom work anymore? Or is that kind of like a thing of the past? Or would you be interested? I think one day I would go back to it if it ever called my name. Um, I'm done for now. Not that I'd be opposed to taking a like client or two in the meantime if they really wanted to. I still have contact with all my old subs and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. Because like we grew a bond over time and like you know a friendship in a way because doming definitely isn't all the time like oh fuck you pay me blah 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 you know you definitely grow a relationship with that person in a form in a way that's so cool i mean i think people a lot of people don't know much about dom and um they don't know about about a lot of things most people but i think it's not like it's not what you think it is and um, I think they, they, they think it's like violent or it's like, um, you know, gross or it's like taboo or I don't know. I mean, I guess like nothing is like, everything's consensual. Like everything is like, there's, there's so much respect there and there's so much trust that from what I've heard. Um, and I think most people don't know about that. Yeah, no, there, there's definitely, I mean, they're trusting with most times something that's a secret that they've kept buried first off. A lot of these people aren't able to identify as them true selves or like be able to live authentically in that way in their day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of trust that goes into that. Um, there's, and there's, it's yeah. hard too because like people who have these desires or maybe they don't even quite understand what it is that they want from a dom they like they do have to hide it because it's like they probably are terrified of being labeled like a pervert or a sexual deviant um and it's very much pushed underground because it's not acceptable to be to have your balls squished a hundred percent um yeah no it's definitely taboo there's a lot of kinks and fetishes some more than others that you know a lot of regular just the average joe would not probably be too accepting of and that's definitely why a lot of it's kept kind of on the deal like there's a lot of people that hide this shit you know and we Mm. are there to kind of supply this service that they are desperately seeking um and they can't get anywhere else so in a way you know it's kind of like you have that almost monopoly in a way when you're working in that industry because it's such a small niche being a dom but there's a lot of people that actually seek and crave that sort of thing a lot more than you would expect you know um Mm. like i said they're the most normal looking people yeah like i think people when they bdsm and like doming and all this they think like oh, it's like these dudes dressed in leather and they're all freaky all the time. And it's like, no, they probably go to work every day. Like the most average person ever. They probably go home 
to their white picket fence house, make dinner with their wife, and then go to bed in the same bed every night. Like, nothing crazy, nothing out of the normal. They just have this crazy fetish that uh, they can't share with anybody. Their wife is like, why are your balls so inflamed right now? They're like, oh, I think I have a UTI. <laughs> she goes, how are, how are you getting UTIs? Uh, oh, I, I, uh, oh, I, next question. Next question. I don't know. What, <laughs> who are you? Um, have you ever had to peg a guy? I've been asked so many times. Um, I haven't. In a dom instance. I have in a relationship instance. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I have done it, but I wouldn't say that I've done it in work. Oh. Just because I feel like that is a little too intimate for me to be getting with a sub, and that's a personal boundary I have. Yeah. Like, like I said, I'm pretty open I, if it's a partner, that's one thing, but like, I'm literally fucking you then. And for mm. me, that's like, that's a line where I draw the line. Like, I will kick you in your balls. I will step on your face. <laughs> I will piss in a cup and pour it in your mouth. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. But I'm fucking you. And that's where I draw the line because that's meant for my partner. Yeah. It's so interesting. I, I'm sure there's like all different um, kinds of doms and like, they all have different, like, you know, like, this is the line that I won't go crossed. Hard and soft limits. Everyone has them. Some doms, they're soft doms, and they like being sweet, and they like dealing with, like, ABDL, which is a very taboo kink in the community. Um, what is that? Adult baby. Oh, adult baby. Yeah, uh, ABDL is adult baby, um diaper lover i think something like that <laughs> yeah 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 no i've seen that before um i have a friend who i've never had on the podcast but she and we're not like close anymore but she got really uh she got a pretty big only fans following because she did a lot of like um submissive kind of stuff um she has a cage in her house she you know gets flogged and spanked and tied up and I think she dresses like a baby sometimes and wears a diaper, but it's all online. Yeah, it's all online, which is like all I basically did for the most part um, as well. I think oh, like everyone's different. Some people do meetups, whatever. Um, that's all based on your own mm -hmm. comfortability and how much you trust the sub. I feel like you can't just meet up with a random person, obviously, but some people will go do, you know, in-person sessions and cash meets and so forth. Um some people are online only. Some people do nude. Some people are non-nude. Like, I never, like, I treated my page like a Tumblr. There was never any nudity whatsoever. Um, it was being me. And me being my own kind of self. And I think that's why I was so successful when I did it. Because it wasn't really a persona I had to put on. Yeah. I was able to kind of naturally roll into that just in my own little way. Um, and made it my own. And uh, it felt like early 2000s Tumblr, in a way, the way I posted and stuff. Sometimes it wasn't even serious content. It was just funny. But I think what attracts subs to you is, like, your personality and how you are. And there's always going to be a sub for a different type of dom. Like, not all subs want to be fucking 
beaten, abused, and roughed up, you know, not all subs want to be degraded. Everyone has their hard limits on both sides, so really just depends on the person. Did um, you get all glammed up? Like, were you, like, just, like, makeup and hair, or did you oh, really, yeah. like, mask or, like, a corset? I, it depends, like, um, most of the time I would usually wear, like, black corsets, boots, boots were a big thing, um, I had a lot of people that really liked the idea that I'm, I'm petite, but I'm obviously tall to an extent, you know, even though I'm pretty teeny, I, um, and I look tall on camera, so, like, you know, they'd want me to wear boot, high boots, and I would, you know, sit there and, like, fake step on them, degrade them, whatever, you know, they were looking for necessarily in that session, whatever, um, you know, we had discussed based on, like, their limits and so forth, um, typically, it could range from me wearing, like, knee-high boots and some black pants and, like, a crop top and corset, or I could be wearing, you know, leather or whatever, really just depended was dependent on like kind of the vibe I was feeling that day because I think even in my doming like me being non-binary like I had days where I wanted to be more masculine and days I wanted to be more feminine so it really just depended kind of how I was feeling do you ever afraid are you ever like get afraid that like IRL like you're like doing your job now and like someone like looks at you and is like I could tell she's a dom or like I've already had that happen where I've noticed that I've attracted a lot more submissive people mm -hmm. that will approach because they can tell. And I don't know how they tell. Um, maybe it's just like a vibe that they feel or an energy that I have. But I've had people IRL already like approach me in that type of manner without them even knowing that I had done it in the past. Mm. Uh, like, you know, people want me to peg them or, you know, dominate them in some manner. And they like straight up normal people that I've met in our city, even like it's kind of crazy, but that's why I said they're everywhere. Yeah. You only start noticing it when you start paying attention. Like a lot of people don't actually watch people, but once you notice and you've been around it, you can't help but notice it everywhere. Like, I notice that when I've gone on dates with people, I can tell right away whether or not they're submissive or not. I don't need to sleep with them to know. Yeah. I just know. Right. It's like you can tell. There's hell. Like, people kind of radiate whatever they are, I feel like. You can feel their energy, their aura, and just the way they carry themselves, their mannerisms, their body language. Like, you're able to tell a lot about someone and what they're into or what they, you know, could be leaning, whether it's sub or more dominant. You can kind of tell just with the way they are. I knew before talking to you that you were going to be more submissive. <gasps> well, I'm a big old <gasps> bottom, but... Yeah, no. Stinky old bottom, look at you. No, that was... I could read that from a mile away. I knew... But... <laughs> I would be weirded out, like, but that's the thing about me. Like, I, I like to receive, like, when I'm having sex in real life, but I have to trust the person or, like, I have to be really turned on by them. Like, I'm not willing to go to that place unless I'm, like, the the situation's, like, working out. Like, I can't get fucked by just anybody. 
I could be a mouth whore for just about anybody. Just the mouth, no other bits. Yeah, you can come in my nose, my mouth, my ears, but my butts for special occasions. Special occasions like holidays? Uh, no. I mean, that makes it sound like you can only fuck me in the ass on your birthday. No, it's like, like, just like if, if, if the, if the vibe is right, like I've had, I have had like one night stands where we had sex and it was amazing, but the guy was like, knew what he was doing. And it was almost like he was dominant in the way that I felt like supported. Like he was like going to make sure that baby was taken care of. And I was like, oh, I trust that you know what you're fucking doing. Yeah. No, I I get that. I I feel like that's understandable. You got to be comfortable when you're in subspace. Um, And when you're bottoming, obviously you go into a subspace in some form because you're giving up control, like I said. So it's not surprising to hear you say that. Mm -hmm. Um. I think a lot of people feel that way, though. It's like a comfort thing. Like, you don't want to give yourself to someone in that vulnerable manner that you don't feel comfortable around. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm tempted to be more of a dom. Like, I'm tempted to, like, play I mean, you with might that. just be witchy, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you should pursue it. Maybe you, try. Wait, you said I might, I might be what? A little bit switchy. Switchy. Oh, I thought you said bitchy. I was like, well, we know. We know I'm that bitchy. That too, but I don't say that. Fuck. Right. <laughs> I'm bitchy switchy. Switchy bitches? We live in a weird place. Will we ever leave? Will we ever get out? It's, it's, the, it's the shithole, but it's our shithole. It is our shithole. Of course, I wasn't raised here, so... Um... There's there's more hope for me maybe, but you're there's hope for you. You're like, you've like moved away. You've done cool things, and there's like so much potential for you to do more cool things. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm gonna go live on an island one day, be surfing with my margarita in hand, my ass out on the beach with some beautiful fucking surfer babes, living my best life. I swear to God, that will be that will that I will accept nothing less. I will be on a beach with the love of my life, fucking out there, living my best life, surfing every day, and just living the dream. Because you should never accept anything but what you want most. Like, no settling. This is 2024. Other fucking business, y'all. Also, that dream is completely achievable. Like, it's it's totally possible for you to do that. Oh, 100%. Anything you fully believe in, you can achieve. It's just whether or not you want it bad enough. Yeah. I don't ever want to surf. It's okay. You don't have to. I don't want to surf. We'll send you out as a sacrifice. Okay, cool. I don't mind being sacrificed eventually. Yeah. Like ritualistic cult-like sacrifice. It's hot. As long as, they, as long as they eat my ass first, that's fine. That's like the beginning, you know? You start with the ass eating for the ritual. <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll edge you for a bit. And then right as you get, right as you get to the peak, it just goes boom. Boom. Over. over with. Done. I'm in heaven. Or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. The last feeling you have is pre-bust. Pre-bust <laughs> and dead. Um, there are some men that I just throughout my life I've seen who are just so hot. And I just think like, 
I tell people like I would let him fucking kill me. I let him beat me to a pulp. He's so hot. Like I would just let him like rip me in half. <laughs> I think that's my submissive part of me saying that. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some people out there that I would be a little more submissive towards if I encountered them just because um, uh, they're just too yummy. Yeah. How are you walking around with all that? How are you expecting me not to look at all of that? Oh my god. Yum. Licking every finger. There's this man who goes... <laughs> There's this man that works out at our gym who is like really tall. His name is Dylan. He's not... He doesn't work at our gym. He works out at our gym. Um, and he looks like... He looks like a fucking draw... Like a gay porn drawing. Like a black and white, like a, I don't know who, I can't remember what the artist's name is that drew all those like leather daddies. Um, just his calves are big, his chest oh, is big, his butt is like, big. Like, like that, um, like that American Horror Story season where they have the gay guys in leather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah. but it's almost like a cart, a cartoon of like what a gay guy would find attractive. Like all the, all the hot things are big. Like they're just bulging. It's not like everything's big. It's just like the chest, the butt, the calves, the arms, his his package. It's all just like he's like a bulging everywhere. Maybe maybe he's cycling. And he kind of has a little head. Like he kind of looks like he's just been like sexually ballooned up. It might might be some good old trend or good old testosterone that he's pumping in his body to look that pumped up. Oh. That's interesting. But I, I appreciate yeah. it. I hope he keeps up with it as long as he doesn't murder somebody. I hope he does yeah. keeps doing that. No, let's not act on the trend rage, okay? But, you know, keep doing you, Bubba. Keep doing you. Keep me watch. Well, thank you so much, Dahlia, for coming on. I don't know what happened to the end of this recording. It disappeared. It disappeared. So we're just going to pretend it didn't. But it was so wonderful to have you on to speak to us about some really enlightening topics that I did not actually know about before. You learn something every day. Sometimes it has to do with cock and ball torture. (laughs) Uh, I hope that you all enjoyed this wonderful interview with Daddy Dahlia. And remember, please rate, review, and subscribe. And also, if you'd like to email us sexy stories or questions, Email them to makesexofmepodcast at gmail.com. Check out all of our socials in the show notes. And I hope that you're filling all of your holes with whatever makes you happy. Even if that means pegging, being pegged, putting hot dogs in there. We didn't talk about that. (laughs) Bye!